welcome to the Exhibitionist podcast. I'm Catherine from Cultural Wednesday. And I'm Vicky from Museum Mum. Together, we're your co-hosts on this friendly insider's guide to the best exhibitions, museums, historic places to visit in London and beyond. Between us, we visit hundreds of cultural places a year. We're here to share what we've seen, so you know what's worth the travel. Get ready to fuel your curiosity and wanderlust with the exhibitionists. This week, we're talking about six photography exhibitions you need to see in London. First, Vicky, how are you? I've had a very special moment, actually, this week. I went to the launch of Heritage Open Days and I had somebody write me a poem. Oh, how marvellous. Nobody has ever written um, me a poem. Nobody has for me either. They're called the Poetry Takeaway. And you sit down with a poet and they ask you lots of questions for about five, ten minutes. And then you come back in about 20 minutes and they've they've handwritten you a, a unique poem. And I I was, you know, I'm not going to say sceptical, but I thought, oh, well, that'd be nice. But actually, when they read it to me, it, it made me cry. And it's now one of my most treasured possessions. So... Oh. How about you? What have you been up to? I've been off up onto the top of Temple Tube Station, which used to be quite desolate. And now it's called the Artist Garden and it's filled with artworks, a changing rotor of artworks. And the newest one, latest one, it's called Slackwater by Holly Hendry. And she's taken her inspiration from the moment where the tide changes so the point where the tide is no longer coming in or going out and the water is still and then it all starts to churn around and it's a lot of metal pipes. Um, I've seen Holly's work before so and I, I love it so I'm gonna have to come and see that one so thank you for letting me know that was on. So let's get on with the show. Which, which exhibition or space would you like to suggest first that people should visit? I think we should start with the biggest space for showing photography in the UK, which is the Victoria and Albert Museum. They have a special photography centre and they've been collecting photography since the moment it was invented. I went to see this, I think, last week and I absolutely loved it. I thought they've just reopened it. It's extended um, it used to be a couple of rooms and now I think it's seven. And it's just so beautiful. They've taken these arched vaulted ceiling rooms with painted frescoes and which were before apparently behind the scenes and now opened them up and it was it was just such a fantastic space I thought and it's got it's got a library as part of it because of course photography quite a lot of it is published in books photography books and so you can sit and leaf through um in comfy chairs and that was really nice they they put this copper raised mezzanine level in there which was circular and reflected the arch spaces I just thought it was so stunning and it felt quite cozy considering it was in the middle of a national museum Uh, yeah no absolutely very very welcoming and uh, I the general the collection I mean it's got every it's got from Fox Tolbert Julia Margaret Cameron it really was um, a who's who, wasn't it? Photography. I think. I think if you've got any interest in the history of photography, you should go. Like you said, the V&A have been collecting since since the very beginning. Um, I think one of the first photographs I saw was the curator of photography in the 1850s had taught workmen who were building the museum how to take pictures, and so you had these pictures of these workmen 
even in the earlier incarnations of, of uh, the VNA, which kind of blew my mind a little bit how connected they've been. Um, and also, what I found really interesting was how the technology has changed and continues to change. So they showed different types of cameras and um, kind of what came out of them. And some of them were, I've never seen before. And uh, for example, the floppy disk camera. I can't remember that ever seen that on the shelves. <laughs> many, many of those made. I love that display. It was, you look through and like you could see my, my grandmother's camera. And then it was the first, the first camera that, that I owned, sort of a, a, a 110, I think the film was Oh, called. wow. That must have really took you back. And then they had the camera obscura as well. Did you get to try that out? No, I completely. <laughs> it, that. Apparently, it's an old cleaner's room. Uh, so we'll have to go together, Catherine, because I tried it on myself, and it uh, it doesn't work. You need two people: one to be the subject, and one to look at the upside down image, which is then cast in the room next door. So, so we'll have to go as a duo to look at it. Uh, no, absolutely, because I I have managed to completely not find two camera obscuras this week, so I'm doing really really well. Um, and I think that. <laughs> that technology it really showed how a lot of it was quite experimental you know you've got the early x-ray pictures of animals when it's when it's first being adopted but then also now you've got jake elvis's work on drag queens and kings and what they've done is they've created these films using well it seems like a film but when you get up closer it's actually ai generated so and it it really struggles it's all pixelated there's bits of their hair jumping around and and it's to do with showing the limits of AI technology especially when trying to represent the queer community Uh, but that's a very joyous work very noisy and lively and I just thought it was just interesting how you can relate changing rapidly changing technology throughout the whole history of photography. Yeah no I, I really like that piece. In terms of the the space I loved the historical parts I just felt, for me, the more contemporary uh, rooms that they had maybe just lacked some of the impact compared to some of the shows that that we've seen more recently. But that's going to change. It was very strong on international and women's photographers. Uh, so it'd be really interesting to see what they put in there next, I think. Yeah, no, and I think the displays are going to change. I think it will be interesting to see how it develops. And so that is free and it's open every day. The next one I'm going to take you to is also free and this is it's actually new you know new earlier this year new uh, it's called the british center for photography and it's in st james now so this one i've been to as well this is quite interesting because it's if i understand it right it's from a private collector the hymans and they've collected is it over three thousand photographs or something over the last almost 30 years over 30 years but it's also it's it's not a show of their collection. It's a, it's a, a I think it's, it's a, a parade of different exhibitions. So at the, at the moment, there are six exhibitions all related to the environment. And the space is very much the two top floors, it's balconies. So you can look, the spaces talk to each other. And so the exhibitions talk to each other as well. It's quite quite a clever way of doing it. Yeah, and uh, the current show in the main kind of foyer, that's that's a group show, that's an open submission, I think. And that's all about landscape and memory and kind of how the landscape is 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 shaped by humans and also given meaning by humans as well. Um 
I thought there were some really interesting works, but I did struggle a bit with the interpretation, by which I mean, <laughs> I found the labels really hard. They were almost like catalogue, exhibition catalogue labels, sort of written on, typewritten on a sheet and, and put next to each work. Yes, you felt that you could if you had read them, you would have spent more time reading than looking at uh, the images. Yes, yeah, I thought they... I skimmed. I so in that way, I, I did find that this is probably a photographer's gallery in, in many ways. If you're really into photography, you will, you're going to love it. You're going to really love the work in it. The one, the exhibition that I really love, though, is down in the basement. So it's actually not talking to the other exhibitions. And it's called Plastic Soup. And it is, it's photographs of things that have been found in the ocean. So it's bouquets of blue rubber gloves and sort of mosaics of brightly coloured plastics. And it's, they are beautiful, beautiful images until you realise that it's all rubbish that has been dredged out from the sea. Yeah, the way they're arranged, that the, the colours and the shapes against these very dark black backgrounds, it's almost like a little picture of the universe or something like that they're they're absolutely stunning but like you said it's all about polluting our planet but it's the way it's it's done it's a very clear message but with beauty in it as well if that makes sense yeah no absolutely I I, I found that to be a very a very moving and affecting um, and I think that one would be a good one to take kids to especially those who are interested in the environment the British Centre for Photography is, it's in St. James, it's open from Wednesday to Sunday, and it is free. Yeah, and it, so that's worth having on your radar if you're in the area and you want to see some photography, just pop in and see what they've got on. Next one is, well, if you ever go shopping on in Oxford Street, then um, the Photographer's Gallery, you will have walked within metres of it. It's um, on a side road, sort of tucked away sort of just up from the Marks and Spencer's Pantheon. It's the best way of describing it. You go down steep steps and hey presto, there is the photographer's gallery. And this is this is if you love photography, you're gonna really like this place. It's it's not got a permanent display. It's got a, ro- a rotor of, of changing exhibitions, but it's it really celebrates photography throughout the entire space. Yes, it's got it's on Five floors. Some of them, the floors are devoted to offices, um, but there are you, you. You start at the top and wend your way down um, at the ground floor, given over to a cafe, which uh, I I think it's quite a good cafe. But you're not very impressed by its <laughs> vegan. I'm, I'm I'm now a um, an annoying vegan who who makes very snap decisions. It was a gorgeous space, the cafe. You've got these really large glass picture windows just overlooking this pedestrianised courtyard. Really, now just tucked off Oxford Street, and uh, yes. had a really good selection of teas, from what I noticed. Uh, yes, and uh, and also a good view that the outside Romiles Street, I think it's called, um, is now it's now being dubbed the Soho Photography Quarter, and um, the walls of the building 
opposite the photographer's gallery have been turned into an outdoor exhibition space that changes. And at night, I'm told there's a, um, a screen that uh, has moving images on it. But I've yet to walk down Ramirez Street in the dark since this screen has been there. I really like that they're extending photography beyond the walls and thinking about what they can add to the area culturally. I think I think that's really interesting. Because I'm, I'm going to take you back up to the top of the floor of the photographer's gallery, where the current exhibition is um, Evelyn Hofer. And she was, she was born in Germany in 1922, left when she was 11, when her parents could see what was happening in Nazi Germany, went to, well, first Switzerland and then to Spain, then left Spain in the wake of Franco, um, and then on to Mexico, and then sort of really a, a, a global life from, from there on. But I loved her photographs. She did a lot of, a lot of photographs of, of ordinary people, but they weren't snapped. They were posed. They were treated with enormous dignity, with the same dignity that you would treat um, a celebrity. They were proper, proper posed photographs. Yeah, they were really stunning and and quite varied. I mean, you talked about her international life. That came through in a photograph. She did these photographic books which would study a city. Um, she did them she did them all over Europe. And so you get these kind of body of works which are based in place. And it they were just beautiful. Seeing London in the sixties, first of all, um, just see how much it changed. But like you said, the intimacy you really feel that she's respecting her subjects and they're not kind of candid pictures of people snapped against their will. You can tell they're almost like studio photographs that she's taken outside. There's a lot of thought and consideration and care. And that warmth really comes through in the photos. There is also a camera obscura here, but it was, I think it was through a room where a meeting was taking place, so I couldn't access it. Did you manage to find the camera I did. Obscura? I went looking for it extra hard after you told me that you hadn't seen it. And that one was different from the V&A. It's, it was a giant lens, actually, with a mirror, uh, and it reflected the street. Oh, like the yes, one in Edinburgh. the street onto, upside down, onto a large sort of screen. Oh, no. I yeah, like and it was quite because at first it doesn't look like much, and then you can see the movement of people outside. And again, it's that relationship between the space, uh, uh, the inside the gallery, and the outside. I think that's a really nice way of connecting the two. Okay, I need to go back to that. So that is photographer's gallery is it's open every day, and it costs eight pounds to get in or half price with your art fund card and the Evelyn Hoffer runs until September the 3rd it runs Fantastic. until I really love that show I thought there was just such beauty to it um she's described as the the most famous photographer that nobody knows <laughs> and um and she's influenced so many people this is the first retrospective yeah. solo retrospective of her work in the UK and if you're interested in photography, photographic history or just in post-war Europe at all, I'd, I'd really urge you to go and see that one. And I'm now going to move on to another photographer who I had not heard of until I walked into the exhibition. This time we're going to go to the Barbican and it is Carrie May Weems. I think you're excused um, for not knowing about, um, about May Weems because this is, again, her first UK retrospective. She's been working for over 40 years, but 
uh, and although she's very well known in the States, just hasn't had the the recognition here yet. Yeah, which is a, a shame, although it, it's a joy to discover that she, she was... She worked across such all all manners of photography, whether it you it's film performance. She's also a bit of a dancer. It's it's all all sorts that it, I found the, the exhibition sort of went from performance to images that almost looked like paintings. Yeah, and that was what surprised me when I first walked upstairs. So the first room you, you have to go up the stairs, uh, and. I saw these large images of what looked like abstract paintings. So, like, oh, I didn't know she was a painter. And I actually set the alarm off because I had to get my head so close <laughs> to the to the to them to realize they were actually photographs. And what they were photographs of was in the, in the wake in the wake of George Floyd's death, she photographed the boarded up shops and buildings in her in her home city where people had written messages about Black Lives Matter or who knows, because then they'd been painted over by whatever colour paint that people could find. And so she just cropped them so closely. They were almost like these abstract shapes. And it was they were very beautiful and textured, but also to do with the silencing of black voices. And that's definitely a theme that, that runs through her work. And I just found it very powerfully conveyed. No, absolutely. I think that she conveyed a matter-of-factness and a quiet anger, the reality of living life as a black woman in the United States. Yes, she did. And it's quite interesting because a lot of her work is it's quite lyrical as well. You've got the Kitchen Table series where she has these imagined scenes that you can follow through about, you know, love and uh, becoming a, a mother and uh, and, and friendship. But also then she has these texts which are, you know, about the inner world and how that feels and all of the tensions that go with that. And I think I think the word tension describes a lot of what's going on in her work. At one point there is there's a living room which has got magazines on the table. It's got sculptures. It, I mean, it looks like somebody's front room. And you are encouraged to sit in the chair and to pick up the viewing clicker but you click a lever on the side and it goes through a series of images uh, the trouble is that that's really all you're meant to touch and even at the press view there were the room attendants were telling people no you can't touch that you can't touch that so I really feel for them that they will uh, be spending the whole time saying no don't it, touch um, to be honest I was the same they were like oh you can click through one of these which doesn't work with glasses by the way um, <laughs> And um, then when I tried to pick up the magazine, which is in plastic, they're like, oh, you can't touch that. Um, but it was, I think seeing work in an installation, seeing photographic work does give it another meaning. Downstairs, there's an installation of teddies and helium balloons and photographs, which is a memorial to those killed by police brutality. And I thought that had a lot of impact as well. The one thing I wish I'd done differently was just have a little bit more time there because there's this huge circular screen which is showing uh, a quite recent work of hers in seven parts. And just because of the time I went after work, I couldn't watch all of it. So I, I, I'm going to have to go back to see that in full. Yes, I couldn't see or I 
didn't see all of it. I think you would elite, you would need to allow at least 20 minutes just to see that one work, I think. Yes. So I will be back. But I thought it was a fantastic show. I'm really glad to have discovered her work. And uh, it was very powerful and will stay with me for quite some time, I think. Yes. So that's Carrie Mae Weems, Reflections for Now at Barbican. And it's on until September the 3rd. And it costs £16. And that one's also half price for art fund holders as well. So moving on, the one that I've seen today, and it's still very fresh with me, but again, I I think I'm not going to forget in a hurry, is A World in Common, African Photography Today at Tate Modern. I saw that earlier this week. It's glorious. Absolutely glorious. I mean, from the get-go, it is so powerful. So when you first walk in, you see these works by George Asodi and it's um, Nigerian monarchs. And they're, they're very posed, very bling portraits, many of them, some are more humble, of Nigerian monarchs. But they put it very quickly in this context of a, of a country who had its, its royalty wiped out or controlled during the colonial period. And now these people are holders of their cultural traditions and the whole the whole way they they put these works is just so thought provoking i think yes everybody's sitting on their on their thrones and then moving on to the next room which was all about rituals and how again traditional rituals had been replaced with the christian religion but how they they didn't disappear entirely the the two traditions became enmeshed or not only christianity also um muslim that the abrahamic religions how the abrahamic religions and the african traditions have have merged and meshed. And that's the whole show is looking at Africa, past, present and future, but it's really looking at it through African eyes. And that's Africa, not just people born and living there now, but people um, who, were, who were born elsewhere from an African background or who have moved there now. So it's very much turning the camera, which was used as a, a form of classification and sort of identifying Africans as certain types and used to almost justify empire. But instead, what you get is a lot of joyful looks, actually, at what it means to be African in the past and today as well. Very, very affirming and just so colour saturated. It's very just, especially this. I loved the studio portraits. I think that's been a much maligned type of photography in the past that it's you know it's it's quite cheap people can go and get their own portraits done and it's uh, you know and it's quite recently it's had a bit of a revival and people starting to see not just the social history value in it but also the artistic value in it as well and so you have these portraits of bikers and female bikers in Morocco um, sort of photographers today who are taking these very like you say, colourful and joyful photos. It's there's also there's a lot that goes into it. There's the interesting look at masks and what masks mean in the past, but what they mean now as well uh, for somebody who's um, you know trying to reclaim parts of their past that have been taken away from them, and also a look at the environment and and the future. But ultimately, a hopeful exhibition, I thought. I thought so too. I, I It really will stay with me. And it, all the emotions I felt in there. And yes. 
it was it was just great. There was a lots of photographers I've never seen their work before, and no, absolutely, it introduced me to a lot of people. And I also quite like that when you when you go out, that there were a lot of leather. It was like walking into um, a large living room, really. A lot of a lot of low sofas and some dining room tables and um, some plants, and it's. Um, it's actually a, a, an installation, but it's a place which you can sit and you're encouraged to to go and sit. You don't actually have to go and see the exhibition. It's all part and parcel of, of space, I, I, which I really like. I think it's called the reflection space. And the idea is, is that the exhibition deals with some very difficult and heavy topics and that you can go out afterwards and take them in and there's books you can pick up and obviously talk to other people. Actually, I just I think most exhibitions should have this sort of space because... Well, I, I would very much like to see that space can continue um, afterwards, uh, after the exhibition. It was a really, really good addition to the Tate. Um, when does this exhibition go on until? It goes on until January, January the 24th, 2024, I think. And it costs £17. And it's, again, that's half price for National Art Pass holders. I urge everyone to see this one. <laughs> no, really, really good. Um, there's one that I haven't seen yet that you would like to recommend as well? Yes, Civilization. It is huge. It's at the, at the Saatchi Gallery and it is, it's more than 300 images by about 140, 150 photographers. So the sort of the, the cream of the crop of current photographers from all around the world and it is it's about people how they interact with each other and how they interact with their environment around them it sounds it sounds pretty epic (laughs) it's absolutely epic you would need to allow at least a couple of hours to to see it it's it is absolutely vast It, it fills the Saatchi um gallery which is huge and and the canvases all the, the the prints themselves are absolutely enormous an airplane graveyard in the you know, in the middle of the american desert and it just goes on for for just mile you you realize how big an airplane is and how many there are and suddenly you realize just how how much rubbish there is and Will they ever? What what will happen to it? Will it become sort of? Will it get covered over and be discovered in sort of archaeologists of the future? Well, I, I'm going to add that one to my wish list. And when does that go on till? So hopefully, I can catch it when the kids go back to school. That goes on until the 17th of September. So you have to be quite quick. And it is, I think it's 16 pounds or 17 pounds. Yes, it's. Um, well, that's a treat for me. Hopefully, when I get when I get the kids back to school. There are all sorts of photography is obviously the way to go that the uh, the new uh, National Portrait Gallery's got a couple of photography exhibitions as well that I've seen one's Yvonne, uh, female photographer, which I have seen and again is beautifully colour saturated, Paul McCartney, which I haven't seen. Yeah, there's um there is definitely a lot to um to see. <laughs> So there you have it, the six photography shows and displays to see in London. We hope you've enjoyed this episode of The Exhibitionists. If you've enjoyed the show, please hit the subscribe button and leave us a review. We've really loved sharing our thoughts with you. Thanks so much for listening. You can find us on Instagram at The Exhibitionists Pod. 
or me, Vicky, at Museum Mum. Or me, Catherine, at Cultural Wednesday. The music is Positive Hip Hop by Maxco Music from Chuzik. Catch you next time on The Exhibitionists. Until then, stay curious and enjoy your cultural adventures. <laughs> <laughs>